things that are hot right now. Still, the transfer portal with OU football. Three commits in like the past four days, though they did lose out on an offensive lineman that we got to talk about. Things that are uh, quiet right now, and there still is a second signing day, Parker. That's the 2023 recruiting class, and that's not really OU. That seems kind of nationwide at this point, and we, we've seen it previously where the first signing day is really the big one, and then some other guys sign on the on the second signing day, but it's not nearly as big of a deal. I, it's kind of all quiet on the 2023 recruiting front right now for OU and a lot of other programs. It very much is, and I think that's just kind of the new normal. When you factor into – when you take into account the transfer portal and the way that that has fundamentally changed the way that many college football teams – build out their rosters it has compelled a lot of these elite high school prospects unless you are the best of the best i.e. a guy like Nicholas Harbor and can wait as long as you want to to make a decision but I think for the average high school football player there is an increased awareness of the transfer portal and the impact that it has on roster construction and there is an increased desire and necessity to commit and sign earlier in the process to make sure that you have a spot at your school of choice. Yeah. I mean, what names are we even throwing around right now for OU's 2023 class? None, man. I mean, we're not seeing any offers really out there or any crystal balls in, and maybe that'll, you know, start to cook up a little bit later on this month, but... I don't, maybe OU's just good after this uh, portal cycle here, after they fill up their two or three remaining scholarships or however many they have left. I don't yeah. know. Well, and the other thing you got to keep in mind is that these days more and more kids are enrolling early yeah, to true. give themselves a leg up. And so if you're enrolling early, you have to sign in the December signing period. Uh, but the portal is still hot. OU's recently signed or, or got commitments from three players out of the portal, but they lose out on an offensive lineman yesterday and they we thought that they were probably going to would have been nice to get Walter Rouse out of the Pac-12 sure another Pac-12 offensive lineman and OU's had plenty over the past few years but did the NIL went out here for Nebraska that's where he eventually chooses and we talked about that yesterday this was an Iowa OU battle for I would say probably five days to a week leading up to the decision and then about 48 hours before Walter Rouse ended up making his commitment, here comes Nebraska with a boatload of money. And again, I I mentioned it last hour with Steely. I'll say it again. If I told you how much money Walter Rouse was getting to go to the University of Nebraska, a you would conclude, okay, I, I like I understand. I understand why that's the decision he made. And B, you would conclude, yeah, it probably wasn't in Oklahoma's best interest to play that uh, to pay that much money for one singular offensive line. Maybe he is just actually getting paid, unlike Jaden Rashada at Florida, apparently. Ooh. The biggest story in college football recruiting is happening right now in Gainesville, Florida. The rumored amounts that Florida promised Jaden Rashada thirteen million doll hairs. And Florida uh, is not in a position to pay him that much money or whatever he wanted up front. Or I, th- this is a Parker. Yesterday we were calling this a circus. Today the situation is significantly even more. I mean, it's it's even a bigger circus. Twenty four hours later than it was yesterday. It is a seven ring circus. Oh my Tyler. god! And let me tell you, I will just go ahead and confirm this: the thirteen million dollar number is real. It is $13 million 
over four years, including $1 million the minute he steps on Yeah, games. yeah, and, and that's kind of the – Probably the thought, right, is he's you know ready to get that million dollars up front. I would be ready to get that million dollars up front, right? It hasn't, it hasn't come to him just yet. So it's like, and hey, I'd like that million dollars before I uh, enroll and get ready to go. Come and you know what it. the funniest part of this whole ordeal is? So the, the NIL situation at Florida, from an organizational standpoint, is kind of a debacle. And that has been underscored by this situation with Rashada because – as I understand it, there was miscommunication within the NIL collective and the administrators that were responsible for helping to broker the deal to the point where they didn't realize that they were signing up to give Jaden Rashad <laughs> that much money. How they do you didn't, not know? And I don't, I don't up. know. How's I don't that know. possible? Apparently, it's gotten some folks fired, uh, which is which understandable should. because they're on the hook now for more money than they can. And they have like five hundred employees on their uh, football staff out there. Yeah, and so here's the thing: basically, what this amounts to is the people in charge of making this deal at the University of Florida blindly checked the box that said, "I agree to the terms Jeez. and conditions," wow. <laughs> and now this has become the result. Jaden Rashada will make more money than uh, a lot of NFL quarterbacks next year. Not not a whole lot of starting NFL quarterbacks next year, but some that are on rosters. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And to be clear, that's that's thirteen million dollars over four years. That's yeah. that's not thirteen million dollars a year. Yeah, but still thirteen million dollars. And and hey, look, I think Jaden Rashada's got a chance to be a very good college quarterback, but he wasn't one of these heralded five stars that everyone was talking about that was a can't-miss, top-three, top-five quarterback. And I don't I don't think that all five stars make, are going to make $13 million over four years. I'm going to guess Jackson Arnold didn't sign anything to where he's going to make $13 million over four years. It's just this guy was like a high four-star, and he's still getting that much money. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious, man, because you hearken back to this juncture a year ago, right? And it legitimately was a race to commit to Oklahoma between Jaden Rashada and Jackson Arnold. It was whoever visits first is going to be OU's quarterback because both those guys are ready to commit. And I remember catching up with Jaden at a seven-on-seven event in probably April, and he walked up to me, and he was like, man, you cover OU, right? And I'm like, yeah, that's me, because we'd never talked before in person. Did he hey, say, he here, like, sign this and check this box, please? <laughs> he said, Man, that was my school. I was about to head down there and commit in January, but then Jackson beat me to it by a week. Oh. And today, Sooner fans are thanking their lucky oh, yes. stars that yes. that's what happened. Yeah. Um, hypothetical, I wonder where Jackson Arnold goes if not for OU. Does he go to A&M or Notre Dame or all of the other rumors that were thrown out? I know. Who cares? Like, you're happier with Jackson Arnold than you are with Jaden Rashada, but – yeah, that's a that's one that changes pretty significantly how you feel about things. And again, this is this just kind of underscores the confident air that Jackson Arnold maintains as an individual. He does not care about NIL and never has because he realizes that as a five-star prospect and as the quarterback of the future at the University of Oklahoma, there's going to be money on the table for him. Yeah. Kendall says, this NIL is turning into a blank show. Turning into, Kendall? It already is an, a, a blank show going on right now. 
Uh, it's it's like look at this situation. You, you, you live by the NF, uh, the NIL, Parker. Um, I guess you kind of die by the NIL sometimes, and Florida is uh, experiencing that right now because this significantly changes the outlook of their class. They didn't finish, or they don't currently have a top ten class, but you know Rashada was a big piece of their class, and this changes things if he's not if he's not going to be a part of it. And apparently it's going to take $13 million for him to be a part of it. Well, so. and he, here's what folks need to understand. There can be a trickle-down effect here that could impact Oklahoma because if Jaden Rashada does not end up enrolling at the University of Florida and he ends up signing elsewhere, that's going to wake the rest of the college football world up in a big way. And it's going to make schools come to the realization that we need to make absolutely certain that we have our quarterback locked down. Seriously. That we have a financial package laid out for him and that everything is as it should be and we have all our ducks in a row because we don't want to be at the center of a fiasco like this. Yeah. Now, where that comes into play for Oklahoma, I would say, is in the recruitment of Michael Hawkins. Which is in less than a month. Because well, you have Arkansas. Now, but, yeah. You have Arkansas heavily involved there as well. And Arkansas is one of those schools, I'm just going to say it, they can and will shell out big money for a quarterback. Now, if Michael Hawkins is a Razorback, it's not going to be solely because of NIL, but the Razorbacks are the lone challenger right now to Oklahoma in the recruitment of Michael Hawkins. And if the Razorback BMDs and the powers that be take a look at what's happening down in Florida with Jaden Rashada and... It opens their eyes to what they need to accomplish in order to lock down their quarterback of the future and maintain his commitment and ensure that they're getting his signature. It may drive the price up. It may drive up their willingness to shell out some dough for Michael Hawkins, and that may increase their chances of stealing him away from Oklahoma. Because it makes sense for Arkansas. You know, Arkansas to, uh, Arkansas going up against OU head-to-head for a quarterback. More times than not, NIL era, non-NIL era, that's not going to work out well for the Hawks, right? Especially for a kid for, from the state of Texas. We're not talking about a kid from Springdale, Arkansas, or anything like that. So if I'm Arkansas right now, and I've got Tyson Foods money, and i got Walmart money, I'm saying, Parker, okay, we might lose out to OU in this recruitment of this four-star quarterback, but it's not going to be because of NIL. We are going to make sure that we have the strongest NIL pitch on the table. And I'm going to guess, like what you're saying, that that's probably how Arkansas is going to handle this recruitment before we get to January 31st. And maybe that won't matter. Maybe Michael Hawkins has just always wanted to be at OU. He sees a better path to OU, and he picks OU at the end of this month, but... I'm going to go ahead and guess that Arkansas is saying, here it is, we're going to put the cash on the table, we'll make, we'll, we'll make it very hard for you to turn this down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian in Tulsa asks, with the way Rashada was with NIL, would BV want him as a commit? Uh, here's what everybody needs to understand. This is not Jaden Rashada fighting this battle. Jaden Rashada just wants to play football. Jaden Rashada does not care about the numbers. There is another figure involved here that is pulling the strings. It is not Jaden Rashada that's at odds and has horns locked right now with the University of Florida as far as NIL is concerned. Because Jaden, to be quite frank, and I've gotten to know him pretty well as an individual, he's much like Jackson Arnold in that he understands wherever he goes, 
he's going to make pretty decent money as a quarterback and a highly regarded one. Zane says, I visited a car dealership today. We had previously agreed on a price over the phone. I arrived and they told me they couldn't meet that agreed to price. I told them I'm leaving and they wasted my time. I don't blame uh, Jaden Rashada. Seems like Zane is not very happy with this uh, current development that he has going on. That sucks, Zane. Sorry about I'm that, sorry. Zane. Yes, Maybe Parker I, will sell you the white buffalo. I instead. will happily sell you the white buffalo. And I will be willing to stick to whatever price we agreed upon. Sugar Shane in Newcastle. Arnold would have probably gone to Georgia, if not Oklahoma. I, I mean, maybe. Um, I, I don't like that there's another crystal ball in for Dylan Riola to Georgia, by the way. I don't like that whatsoever. Yeah. And I don't think anyone else should like it either, outside of Athens. Now I'm still riding with Nebraska in that recruitment. But if Dylan Riola is a bulldog in the end... <laughs> yeah, it's going to be tough, that, dude. Oh, boy. Especially That's... after Kirby, uh, they won the national championship Monday, and he's like, yeah, we might have to reinvent ourselves a little bit to win the title next year. So I don't think Georgia's all of a sudden going to be a five-wide offense, 67% of the snaps or anything like that. But will they change their offensive philosophy a little bit? I mean, I think everyone's always looking to evolve. So if you got a, if you got a quarterback like Dylan Riola, You'll evolve your offense a little bit around a guy like that. That's for sure. A listener in the 405 says, was not that impressed with your shot at the All-American game. So glad we got Arnold. Yeah, I, I, I think about, every OU fan feels that How way. about that? You remember how bummed out and rightfully so OU fans were after Malachi Nelson quite unsurprisingly decommitted and followed Muleshoe to USC? Yeah, all OU did was turn around and get a guy that's arguably better than Malachi Nelson. True. And uh, t to me, the word arguably is not in the equation. Yeah. I think Jackson Arnold is better than Malachi Nelson. All right, 405-651-3439. You guys are already lighting it up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let's get it going. Whole lot of portal to talk about. Oklahoma State's looking for their next defensive coordinator. There's a whole lot of drama going on right now in college football. We'll talk about it coming up next right here on The Ref. What up, Ref Army? I see you listening nationwide, listening worldwide today. We got a listener in Sydney, Australia, Paris, France, Santa Marta, Colombia, listening via the Ref app, Santa Fe, New Mexico, Pinellas Fork, Florida. I'm guessing I'm pronouncing that right. I'm guessing it's pronounced like Lou Pinella. I don't know. Denver, Colorado, Centerville, Virginia. Walton, Nebraska is even tuned in today. Hello, right like, outside of Lincoln. Like some Walton, Nebraska, do you? I'm sure there's a lot going on up there in Walton, Nebraska. Not, not a whole lot going <laughs> on in Walton, Nebraska, no. Small Oklahoma town of the day. Let's go uh, southwest Oklahoma, not far from Wichita Falls. Temple, Oklahoma has uh, checked in today. Hmm. I've heard of Temple, Texas, obviously. Yeah. Not heard of Temple, Oklahoma. KREF in the App Store. Download our free app to listen to us wherever you're at on the go. All right, so just to catch everyone up on what's been going on at Oklahoma State this offseason, they have lost their starting quarterback, their starting running back, a starting corner, starting safety, leading tackler, second leading receiver, second leading pass catcher, and now their defensive coordinator, Derek Mason. In total, they've lost 19 players via the transfer portal and their defensive coordinator. Has Oklahoma State had the roughest offseason of anyone else in college football? including Texas A&M. At this point, yeah, I would say so, Tyler. Man. I don't know who else is in that conversation. And not only have you you know, lost players to the portal, 
but you lose at least one, maybe two. We'll see with Bryson Green, but you lose at least one to a you know your your biggest rival. You lose your starting running back to you know a Big Twelve rival in Baylor. You lose a wide receiver to TCU, who you're going to play next year. So it's not just that they've lost these players, Parker. They're going to have to play against the players that they lost next year. And if you're an OU fan, I think that if if it's not the tech transfer at wide receiver, Jaron Bradley, you're hoping that Bryson Green is the next wide receiver that you get. So I think that makes it even more difficult for OSU. You lost those guys, and now you're going to have to play against them next year. It's pretty brutal. At this point, I, I, how does Oklahoma State flip this thing? So I, like, how, how do you feel good about the 2023 season if you're an Oklahoma State fan? What has to happen? Because you just lost a coordinator in Derek Mason. You lost your starting quarterback in Spencer Sanders. You've lost so many key contributors, including your leading tackler, as you mentioned. You lost a guy to Oklahoma, which is pretty unprecedented yep. to my knowledge. And... Your contingency plan was to go get Michigan's third-string quarterback yeah. to be your savior. And you're bringing in a recruiting class that didn't have a single four-star. I know, I know. OSU's done a great job of developing here recently, and it is true, but they don't have any immediate help on the way, seemingly, in their recruiting class. And they've gotten a lot of players via the portal, but are those players, are they ready to be day-one contributors? I don't know. So to answer your question, Parker, I don't think that they have an answer right now. Who do you... Who do you think definitively to start the year next year in the Big 12 they're better than? Because I'm trying to figure out where they're going to be picked in the uh, Big 12 uh, media poll next year. Like I saw one today that had them slated at like ninth, but like are you are we so sure that they're going to be better to start the year than Cincinnati, BYU, UCF, Houston? Like you got to get my point here. I think there's a chance they could be picked to finish like 10th, 11th in the conference next year with everything that's happened. Gosh, they're about to be 14 teams in the Big 12. Yep. This is throwing me. Like West Virginia, maybe? That maybe. Could be the, maybe. Like, they're no, in, they're, they're in trouble, man. There aren't that many teams right now in the Big 12, at least as things stand right now, that I would say heading into 2023, yeah, Oklahoma State's in a better spot than they are. Because you think about the perennial bottom feeders of the last few years in the conference. Texas Tech's on the up and up. They're, they might be preseason top 25 next year. Kansas is on the up and up. Yeah. Against all odds. Uh, I mean, yeah, outside of West Virginia, I really don't know. I don't know either. I really man. don't know who I would pick Oklahoma State over in the preseason. Poll. Zane says, can we just fast forward to Mike Gundy's postgame press conferences next year? Yes. Which snack food will he be talking about after his uh, first three losses of the year next year? That's that's what I want to hear. Can you give me the rundown of their schedule? Um, I know they go to Arizona State in the non-conference. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah we, don't we, we, we don't know yet. the Big 12 schedule. But they will the go to Arizona State next year, and we'll see about ASU. They're a, a lot more competent than they've been in, in recent years with that new coaching staff. Yeah, I think they're headed in a positive direction with Kenny Dillingham at the helm. So they go to Arizona State – what else? Do they still play Tulsa? I don't. I, I I think they play. Do they play like Arkansas Pine Bluff next year at home? Maybe they got two other cupcakes, if I remember correctly. Okay. AS, at ASU is their toughest non-con game. But regardless of who they draw in the Big Twelve, like we're just saying, like there's not a whole lot of guaranteed wins that they have. Well, no, next and year. even even those cupcakes haven't been cupcakes the last couple of years because 
Tulsa gave them all they could handle in 2020. Missouri State gave them all they could handle in 2021. So, like, this Oklahoma State is not going to be the Oklahoma State team of the last two, three years. And so, maybe maybe those cupcake games are anything but. Uh, this one from the 806 says, What's the news with Bryson Green? Is OU going after him? Bryson Green, one of the uh, OSU portal players we're talking about, uh, he's, he's their number two receiver last year. 36 catches, uh, over 500 yards, and five touchdowns a year ago. Tell me if you think this is this is how it is. OU would take Jaron Bradley over anyone currently available in the portal at wide receiver. But if Jaron Bra- Bradley does not enter into the portal, Bryson Green would be their top target if he's still available and hasn't committed to Ole Miss yet. I would concur. Yeah. Is there a three? Is there a number three option here, or is it just th- those two guys? I mean, uh, honestly, because you're still Tyron Broden still hasn't committed. I mean, I don't well love his chances a, of uh, but, getting to OU. But. Well, if you miss on Bryson Green and Jaron Bradley doesn't enter the portal, realistically, you could circle back around with Tyron Broden. And he'd be in the boat with a snap of the finger. Yeah, probably, probably so. He's already denate, uh, delayed his uh, commitment, so I would tend to agree with you. Nine one eight. Just saw that Texas Tech redshirt defensive tackle Sincere Massey just entered the transfer portal. Six foot five, three twenty would be a nice get for OU on the interior. Any interest? Uh, yeah. So <laughs> six foot five, three twenty. Wow. It's See, I knew Sincere Massey. I, I I watched him a little bit in his high school days. I knew he was a large mammal. I didn't realize he was that big. That'd be a nice presence to have on the interior for Oklahoma. But I, he just entered the portal while we've been on the air the last couple hours. I haven't really had the chance to dig into that yet. Uh, to my knowledge right now, Oklahoma is looking for another offensive lineman, and they are looking for another wide receiver. That's one, two, and priority. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not really sure. I, I, I think they would he, – here's what I think about Sincere Massey or any other defensive lineman that enters in the portal. I think it all feels – all depends on how the staff feels um, about that particular player. If they feel like, man, Sincere Massey, like we can't I, – I know the numbers, like we need an offensive lineman and a wide receiver – but we can't pass on this guy. He's he's just way too good. If they feel that highly about him, then I think that they would pursue him or any other defensive lineman. But if they feel like, yeah, I mean, he's probably just a rotational piece, I don't think that they're necessarily going to pursue that because the numbers are getting pretty tight here. Like, they've addressed defensive line depth, I at least I think, via the portal and with recruiting. The only other way to me that they would take another defensive lineman is if there is a absolute dude up front and they think that they have a chance to get him. And I would agree with that. Um, sincere Massey, to be honest, based on the position that he plays and based on his lack of meaningful FBS experience to date, does not strike me as the type of guy that Oklahoma would prioritize sure. in the transfer portal. Now, I'm not saying they don't make a run at him if – the circumstances ultimately compel them to look for another defensive lineman or if that's deemed a necessity by this staff. But offhand, I would say there's probably nothing there right now. Uh, Some players that have entered into the portal. Jaheim Singletary is in the portal, former five-star defensive back. Uh, I think that's the first Georgia player that we've seen to enter into the portal. Five-star DB in 2022. 
And how about Walker Howard in the portal? Some of you might be saying to yourself, who's Walker Howard? Why are you saying it that way? Well, you saw Walker Howard. You just don't know it. The video of Brian Kelly awkwardly dancing by the recruit last year, now you know what I'm talking about, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was Walker Howard, five-star quarterback commit. He is in the portal. I'm going to guess he's in the portal because Jaden Daniels is coming back next year. Would, and would be that my would guess. be correct, and you still got Garrett Nussmeyer there on the bench at LSU as the second stringer behind Jaden Daniels. Look, I expect Walker Howard to have a pretty prestigious second landing spot because – that is, that is a guy that I got to watch on the camp circuit, I believe, when he was a rising senior. Kid can spin it. Yeah. He's a good quarterback. Um, I, I, don't, I don't even know if it's necessarily scuttle. It was just like some few thoughts that were out there that the early favorites for Walker Howard could be Florida or TCU, one of those two schools. You think either <laughs> if, one of those two has a better chance than the other? If he commits to Florida – I think that tells you all you need to know about where the Rashad is. Yeah, they paid the thirteen million over four years. <laughs> oh man, because they got Graham Mertz. That's presumably going to be their guy in twenty twenty three. But if you bring in Walker Howard, then maybe it softens the blow. Being able to let Jaden Rashad go and look, I I would hate to be a Florida beat reporter because those fans are ruthless. Yeah, they are. Man, those fans are absolutely ruthless. I cannot imagine being a Florida beat reporter this week in particular. Yeah, I, I, think, it, I think a lot of OU fans that were at that Orange Bowl against Florida say, yeah, Florida, they were, they were a bunch of jerks. Not as bad as LSU, but I don't think Florida fans are very nice. I think mostly they're, they're probably they're, – they're jerks for the most part. Um, let's see, one more. 405, I, had a lot of co- I have a lot of coworkers that are OSU fans, and they swear they are getting Kale Gundy as their offensive coordinator – and everything will magically fix itself. Well, OSU still has an offensive coordinator right now, as far as I know. Unless Casey Dunn is going to take a uh, work sabbatical like Derek Mason is, then Casey Dunn's going to have to be out the door or reassigned somewhere for Kale Gundy to be their next OC. Kale's just going to switch sides of the football. He'll be the defensive Kale coordinator. will be the defensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, heck, he's done a little bit of everything. Might as well. In Add this to the resume, coach. you know. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Five-star defensive lineman David Stone got an interesting offer today. Where does OU sit with him? We'll discuss that and a whole lot more as we slowly start to look towards the 2024 class for OU. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune in studio. David Stone set to unofficially visit Michigan State this weekend. Just picked up an Ohio State offer. Um, He's going to have a a lot more Power 5 offers as he moves forward. I'm surprised it took Ohio State this long to offer him. I know that they haven't had a great luck defensively these past couple of years, but it's taken them so long. Yeah, they offered williams Nuaneri as well yesterday. So it seems to me that Ohio State feels like they can just be late to the table with all the elite defensive linemen nah. and still make a push. Because, like, they offered P.J. Atabare in, like, November. He never announced it. But there was a thought for a minute, you know, that – the cynics and the paranoid fans were all like, oh, boy, P.J. Atabari is going to flip to Ohio State because that was right after Oklahoma lost to West Virginia and the meltdown was full throttle. But 
Ohio State generally is not very prompt with offering elite prospects, oddly enough. And it works out fine for them because they recruit at an elite level every year. But uh, I... I am curious whether they can mount a legit push for either David Stone or Williams Nguyenera. They haven't been getting uh, players up front like the Bosa brothers in uh, a while. And I know that you don't just find, uh, you know, the Bosa brothers in recruiting every single year, but their production defensively has kind of dropped off pretty significantly. Well, because Ryan Day is mid-Atlantic Lincoln Riley. (laughs) It's true. That's that's what Ohio State has become. It's true. Also, we we need to have a conversation, Tyler. Uh Uh-oh. The Air Comfort Solutions text line and the message boards today have both dragged up uh, an old bone that they feel the need to pick. Again, why does Bill Biedenboe, of all people, take so much flack? Um, I mean, well, the, the offensive line here the past few years, like, I, I think it got to a point, you know, at times in the season where it was pretty good, but... You know, there there have been years where Bill Biedenboe's had an offensive line. It seemingly dropped off since they had the Joe Moore Award, a winning offensive well, line. Well, sure. And I look, I get that. And also, I would say the overall, like, for who he's recruited and brought in in the overall production and development, um, it, it feels like most of their better players here recently have been portal players. I mean, they've had some guys that have panned out, but I, I'm just giving you reasons. As yeah, no, 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 I understand. Uh, here's Here's my thing. Oklahoma's offensive line isn't going to win the Joe Moore Award every single year. So if your expectation was that it was always going to be as good as it was in 2017 and 2018, you had your standards set unreasonably high, much like the conversation that we've had repeatedly with Dylan Gabriel and the quarterback play at the University of Oklahoma. right? But also, there are far too many people, like you just mentioned there, Tyler, there are far too many people that would say exactly that. They They care far too much about how the sausage gets made as opposed to just enjoying the sausage if bill biedenboe gets two or three starters a year out of the portal okay fine point to a year as long as bill biedenboe has been the offensive line coach at oklahoma where that group has been a legitimate weakness for the program now there are years it has not been dominant i will give you that i will concede that but at worst and everybody wanted to throw the offensive line under the bus in 2021 Oh, you as a team averaged like six yards a carry. Yeah. Uh, well, what happened for this conversation to be brought up with Bill Biedenboe? I don't know. I mean, I know they just made an offer to a 2024 offensive tackle, Bennett Warren. I just, I, I didn't, I, I'm just wondering where this uh, came from all of a sudden. Or it's just the offseason and we're bored and we're trying to pick fights now. Maybe, maybe that's what's going on. Some uh, people just live to pick fights. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know. I like Bill Biedenboe. I like Dylan Gabriel. I like Turtles. Thank you. That's from the 405. Um, Someone asking, there's still another second signing day. Who are we in on for the 2023 class? Do you have any names? No. What's the percentage chance they don't take anyone? I would say it's significantly greater than 50%. Yeah. I would say it's a 75% chance that you see no additional offers go out in the 2023 class. (laughs) Spence and Tulsa. I'm going to read this, and I'm going to move off of it rather quickly, and we're going to go on, but I am going to read it, Spence. (laughs) I don't like the way Parker is telling me to just enjoy the sausage. Yes, I'm aware it was a double entendre. Some of you have dirty minds. There's nothing I can do about that. (laughs) Beat and bow ain't the problem, blanking idiots. 
enjoy the sausage. Oh my, whoa, Parker, let's stay away from the eating sausage talk. <laughs> As a former offensive lineman, when production is low, the line gets a lot of the blame. When production is up, the quarterback gets most of the credits. Yeah, like There's is some any truth to that? Is anybody going to talk about the fact that Eric Gray rushed for thirteen hundred yards this past year across twelve games? And Are we going to say that Bill Bedenboe deserves zero credit for that? And, I mean, the offensive line played really well. Uh, not pretty well, really well, uh, down several bodies against Florida State, who might start the season as a top eight team. I think probably will start the season as a top eight team. I, I, I do think some things need to be better, though. I mean, for sure. I, I, I can understand a little of the criticism, but to say that Bill Bedenboe's garbage, I think, is that's, that's pretty dumb, if you're asking me. Uh, listener in the 918 says... Uh, saw it was down to OU and Nebraska on a running back in the 23 class. Is that still correct? It hasn't committed yet. Uh, I'm going to need a name on that. I think I know who you're talking about. And if you're talking about who I think you're talking about, OU is really just a hat on the table and has not seriously pursued that player ever since who, they offered Who him. is it? Uh, I believe that would be in reference to Sergio Snyder, three-star running back out of Arlington Martin High School. Now – if that is indeed who that listener is referring to, his former head coach at Arlington Martin just took a job on staff at Nebraska. Sergio Snyder got the OU offer over the summer but was never seriously recruited by the program. A lot of the sacks aren't the line's faults. Gabriel holding on to the ball too long was also an issue. They played really well in the run game, but were just meh in pass protection. Look what you've started here. You've started an all-out assault, an all-out conversation on the text line about the offensive line from this past year and years past. I hope you're proud of yourself. And also a lot of uh, sausage jokes on there. That's basically what the text line looks like right now. Which, hey, for a Thursday... In the month of January, where we've got many, many days until kickoff, unfortunately, I guess that's the best that we can ask for on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Yeah, Frisco Sooner says, unbelievable. Bill Budenboe is the best coach on that staff at his position. The proof is in the pudding. Check out NFL players. Is that accurate? Is Bill Budenboe the best coach at his position that OU currently has on staff right now? Todd Bates would have a... Very strong case to that. I think in terms of resume, if you are discounting the head coach, Brent Venables, if he does not qualify to be considered here, then yes, I would say it is Bill Biedenboe. Okay, and I don't think that this guy has surpassed Bill Biedenboe necessarily. It's just interesting how the narrative has changed on him in a year. Because a year ago, Parker, it felt like we were getting a lot of texts saying, I just, I don't know if DeMarco's cut out for this man. Like, he can't recruit. He keeps striking out and recruiting, you know? Like, what, what's going on with this guy? Is he is he really able to do this? Has that narrative? And I thought it was a bad narrative at the time. Don't get me wrong. But how about that totally switching in a year's time? He's gotten, what, four four-star running backs in the past two signing classes, and we saw how his two true freshmen fared in the Cheez-It Bowl. Um, yeah, ain't, ain't nobody questioning DeMarco Murray right now. As the running backs coach. I would not say so. The listener in the 918 asks, is Kevin Sperry our 2025 quarterback? Uh, Let let me tell you this much. If you're an Oklahoma fan, you hope so. Kevin Sperry is a dog. Yeah. Uh, Beatenbow sucks at recruiting and can't close. OU should be top five in O-line recruiting annually. Doesn't take enough high school numbers and get stuck feeling with JAG portal players. Okay, Okay, you know what? Again. 
point over the last, I would say, seven, eight years, point to a year where the offensive line has been weak at Oklahoma. Not just mediocre, but weak. Because there have been years, I would say 2021 was a year, despite the production that you saw from the Oklahoma running game, I will concede that a year like 2021, the offensive line play was not outstanding. But we've never had a conversation about Bill Biedenboe's offensive line, the likes of the conversations that we've had about, say, Mike Stoops' defense. Yeah. They do have Caden Green coming in, who looks like a beast, says the 909. Also, Bates and a couple of others relax. So, I think this is a very interesting class to, you know, how OU fans feel about Bill Biedenboe. Because we're seeing a lot Parker saying, well, relax, like, Bill Biedenboe's good, we like him. And there's some select others saying, well, he can't recruit, you know, he can't do this, whatever. The four offensive linemen that he signed in this class... They can be, not a cornerstone class, that's not fair to say, but they can be maybe the class that starts to turn that thought around about Bill Biedenboe and his ability to develop high school kids. Yeah, well, and another great point from the text line, people forget that the linemen that won the Joe Moore Award here at OU were not four and five stars either. Orlando Brown? Yeah. Three-star. Cody Ford? Three-star. Ben Powers? Three-star. Bingo. Great point. A lot of Pro Bowl offensive linemen, uh, former Sooners, by the way. A lot of Pro Bowl. And, and a lot of offensive linemen that are going to be playing in the uh, NFL playoffs this weekend. And some offensive linemen who won't be playing in the NFL playoffs this weekend because they got a first-round bye. Creed Humphrey, Orlando Brown, and Lane Johnson, right? Uh, last text before we hit a break. Can we get a new ref shirt with Parker's face that just says, just enjoy the sausage? I love, and I, I'm serious, I love that we get like three new T-shirt ideas a day. I think they're awesome. We're just too quotable, Tyler. <laughs> 405. There's a t-shirt right there. We're just too quotable. 405-651-3439. One final segment of Locked In coming up next right here on The Ref. Final segment. Locked In with McComas and Thune live on The Ref. Las Vegas Sooner says... Sitting in the beautiful Midway Airport, ready to get back home, and am dumbfounded with these texts about Coach B. Is this real or fake text? Dude is an excellent coach. It's not a question. We can always want better recruits, but BV is building the machine to do this for all positions. Thanks for another solid show. Las Vegas Sooner. What would you say? About 95% of textures have said, hey, what's going on here? Coach Bill Beatonbow is really good. I think that's a good number. I would say so. 95%. You have a few dissenters. It's always the 5% that makes the most noise, though. Uh, one listener says, it's everywhere, but we have some Nimrod fans that have <laughs> no idea what they're talking about. Uh, Seems like FSU fans after the bowl game were more optimistic about us than these downers. Yeah, all the Florida State fans after that bowl game, and there were screenshots posted all over social media from the Florida State message boards. The Florida State fans were all like, oh, boy, this Oklahoma team's going to be good. Yeah. Really like them. Tyler, you got to read this one. We haven't won the Joe Moore Award in four years. Biedenboe sucks. Another one of these says that uh, they just feel so good when Parker reads their text and says that it's a good point. It feels like winning the national championship. Well, I'm flattered. Uh, Jay from Medill says, do we have any KREF tattoos out there yet? Yeah, I, I got to get that going. Sorry. that's It's not all on me, but I'll take the blame on that one. I know some of you out there are wanting to get Ref Army tattoos. Like That's on my to-do list in the month of January. And you know what the good news is? 
amongst the staff, amongst the on-air talent here at KREF, you don't have any mule shoes. You don't have anybody that's going to be off for a larger market elsewhere in a year or two. So if you want to do the Mount Rushmore of KREF faces, mm-hmm. you can do that. And, it, do it'll, it. and it won't age poorly. Though you and I were out of town last week in multiple states, well, but sure. we were not in L.A. on the West Coast or you know anything like that. I am right. not going to be the next sports radio host in Los Angeles. Maybe if you're one of those wanting to get a Ref Army tattoo, maybe just come to the studio and let us do it uh, ourselves, the host, like prison tat style. <laughs> At least it'll be free that way, and we don't have to pay for it, right? All right, 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Anyone coming in on a visit this weekend? I don't know where they're currently at with visits. they got to be pretty slim at this point, but anyone going to be in town? Uh, Vic Kearney to my knowledge, is going to be visiting this weekend, transfer offensive lineman out of the University of Washington. Hmm. So after missing on Walter Rouse, well, after getting outbid for Walter Rouse, that appears to be the next recourse for Oklahoma. Uh, what's the scuttle on Jeff Lebby at Alabama? Because it was there a couple That's of weeks quiet. ago, and it's gone pretty quiet. Yeah, you and know? I, I don't expect that Jeff Levy will be the next OC at Alabama. And Bama still know. hasn't made any staff changes. Maybe they will, but they still have uh, Bill O'Brien as their OC, and golly, a blast from the past. Pete Golding as their defensive coordinator. Remember when everyone wanted Pete Golding here? Yeah, I remember of when Alex that was Grinch? a thing. I remember when that was a thing. Um, I'll bet you Alabama's next offensive coordinator is either Cliff Kingsbury or Garrett Riley. Yeah, and everyone likes to make fun of Cliff for his head coaching record, whatever. But if Cliff were to go to Alabama next year, I think a lot of college football fans would say, oh, that's probably going to work out pretty well for Alabama if he's their OC. Maybe not, but I got a feeling that a lot of people say, like, dang, that's probably a pretty good hire for Alabama. All right, the rush is coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans.